Bam. And we're back. Yeah. We are back. Officially, the three of us yeah. are back. I decided to... I decided to sit up because if you guys are gonna look at me, I didn't want you to have to look at my six chins. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. There was so no. I turned that. I turned that video on, and I was like, "Yikes!" It's like that is a that's a prime times. example of uh, those memes. It's like when when you turn your front facing camera on. Yeah, I'm just like, ooh. It was it was something. It was uh, six chins, four nipples, uh, somehow four belly buttons. Couldn't figure that one out. Hmm. But uh, it's, I only have one, but it's really deep. <laughs> I've got a deep belly button too. Oh God. I don't know if I'm aroused by that or it's if I'm really turned off by that. I haven't decided. <laughs> it's really throwing me off. Uh, uh, you really want to get thrown off? Hey, Ted, uh, has your girlfriend ever tried to take a measuring tape and be like, I just want to see how far it goes? And it's like, it's not that deep. Calm down. And then no. she like, won't stop bothering you for like a day about it. Lauren, you don't measure my belly button in my sleep, do you? <laughs> She didn't say anything. <laughs> she was like, so fucking yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Welcome back, y'all. It's NBA, the podcast where we try to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk shit. Like deep and belly about buttons. belly buttons. <laughs> oh, man. I'm your host, J.K. Kilas, a.k.a. Joe M. Cheese. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, directly in front of me, sir, introduce yourself. What's up? I'm Nikki Kilas, a.k.a. J.J. Haddock. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Mo Bambalita, A.K.A. I was trying to think of something of Matthew Belly Bova. It's <laughs> not good. It's not I was trying good. to think of a fucking belly button thing, but I couldn't. It's not good. Um, in front of me on the computer screen, directly in in front of me. Uh, introduce yourself, sir. I'm a little I'm a little to the right from what I can see, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, what's up? It's Tad. I'm back. I was not here last time. Uh, nope. So I'm sure nobody listened due to that. I have no good AKAs. Uh, college football is back. It's on my TV right now. I turned myself away from the TV so mm-hmm. I could focus on this. I'm excited. College football is hey, Look, man, there's no NBA. There's no basketball. Start watching soccer. Call it, like, I, like, I don't have to watch. Please. <laughs> It's my new it's my new favorite sport. It reminds it's like European it really is. it's like European basketball. And by that I mean it's a, like NBA of Europe. Yeah. Have you, have you the I've referenced the show before the the IT crowd. Mm-hmm. Love it. And there's, there's an episode where they go to a soccer game and they're like, and that guy kicks the ball to this guy <laughs> and he kicked the ball back to that guy. And he kicks it again. And apparently that is a uh, cause for cheers. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's soccer. I'm like, they like what, what, like, I don't know. Adam love Rock loves soccer. And I just rip on him I, he's, for that I'm, all the time. Him and I have been vibing on that for, since the world cup. That's, I love that episode though, because then they're asked the, the fucking, um, the, the staunch fans of the yeah. soccer team. Um, they, the hooligans <laughs> are like, Oh yeah. What's your favorite team? And they're like, uh, West, and then there's a ham in the corner, like, uh, ham, West Ham, <laughs> which at the time I did not get the joke, just assumed it was funny. <laughs> now I know there's actually a team called West Ham. Yeah. And then they asked them what the theme song was, and the theme song is actually I Am Forever Blowing Bubbles. That's the actual theme song for West Ham. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude, those soccer teams, they have like, they have those weird, like, team songs. Like, remember uh, Euro Trip? Oh yeah. yeah! Remember the movie Euro Trip, and they go to that soccer hooligan bar. Mm-hmm. My baby takes the barn <laughs> <Yeah>. and trains. <laughs> There's this uh, one for yeah. uh, Ket- Ketrin Town. 
FC, mm-hmm. they literally just spell it out and they're like, K to the, to the T to the, or like whatever. I don't know how to spell, how, how you spell it in all honesty, but, and they're like, Kettling Town FC. And then you just go, <laughs> that's it. Just <laughs> soccer, man. Like, uh, <laughs> and that was talking soccer. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you for I letting like me, talking soccer. thank you for letting me do that. Um, so to the listeners out there, not crazy to know or not crazy to you to hear that there hasn't really been much to talk about. All the major free agents have been signed for at least the last month. Yeah. And uh, the only people that are really left are like Rodney Hood. And that's pretty much it. Like there's not, there's not uh, many free agents Nick left. Young. Nick Young just got arrested. He ain't playing. <laughs> yeah. Nick Young's not, Nick, Nick Young's not going anywhere. He's going to go hang, go hang out with OJ Mayo. He's good. He's good. <laughs> um, however, we did get some news this week, which we, we thought was, podcast worthy manager nobly retired guys so the end of the spurs as so we know sad. it manu is gone the uh the spurs dynasty is gone tony parker is with the hornets tim duncan retired Kawhi got traded everybody's gone so um sad. what were your initial reactions when you found out that manu was retiring now keeping in mind that he's fucking 41 which is crazy that he was yeah. still playing uh i just okay hold on real quick i just thought of a really good aka <laughs> that I should have used. Now yeah. that you say say Manu, I, I could have said Manchester United Ginobili. <laughs> After all this soccer talk, it's not it's not good. It's I, not, I didn't say it was good. It just it was just like ah damn, there is an easy one. Because uh, they do say Man U. They do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly was shocked. Like I thought he was going to retire like two years ago, and then when he didn't, I was like. Dude might play till he's 45. Like right. I was legitimately shocked. Like I thought, I honestly thought he would be there until Pop retired. And I think a lot of people didn't, didn't really think that like he was gonna, like, I think a lot of people thought that like when the, the big, the big three, like the core three, Parker, Ginobili and Duncan, when, when those guys were gone, Pop would be gone or they would all leave together. Yeah. And now not like Tony Parker's with Charlotte, Ginobili and Duncan are retired like it's weird it's like really weird it's kind of weird that Popovich outlasted him how long how often do coaches outlast players yeah. not very often and and managers felt like this guy whose game just did not age which is no. it, it, it was an old man game when he came in it's an old man game today and, and he's like granted he's lost a step or two and he's not nearly yeah. as athletic as he was but he's he also was 20s, I but. remember like when I first saw Manu and I was like how does this guy as even like as a rookie in the NBA look like the old dude that's always does. Like he does he looks he's, like he looks like the dude who wears like the clearance section nikes yep. who just like <laughs> will pump fake on you and you'll fall for it and you hate yourself yep you hate yourself because you're like how this guy is clearly not that athletic mm-hmm. and he just pump fake the shit out of me and i look like an asshole um no it's it's crazy to me that he retired because like you know it, to, to tad's point it's like you just assumed the way that 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 organization has kind of up until recently has kind of carried itself. You just assume that they were going to do this really poetic thing where they're all just going to like win a championship and just like walk away together. Hand right off. I mean, no, it's funny. It was going to be, it's funny, but it's true. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. It's funny. It, Cause it's true. Right. right. Um, so how will you guys remember Manu just about his career? Uh, I will remember Manu breaking through his shoe. Ooh. And I will also remember him 
catching a bat. Uh, swatting yes. A bat, swatting sorry. a bat. He just okay. swatted yeah. that fucking thing. And then, and then he didn't understand why he had to be, like, taken off the court. <laughs> like, yeah, he was like, what? bro, like rabies, dude. Guys, pass me the ball. Mm. Pass me the ball now. The, you know the fuck that I I resaw like watched that video the other day. It was like on Instagram or something like that. And the worst part of that entire video is he picks it up, walks off the court, and I was like, oh, he's probably gonna go throw it away. He doesn't. He gives it to a security guard, <laughs> yeah. and it was like this old guy is just like, he's yeah, like, cool. Now we both gotta get a fucking rabies shot, you asshole. Uh, <laughs> I will always remember Manu for giving the world of basketball the greatest and worst thing. In current the in basketball today, and that is the Euro step. Euro step. The Euro step has changed basketball for better and for worse. It yeah. seems like travels are like traveling calls are ignored even more so now because mm-hmm. of the Euro step. But also, what a fucking move! Yeah, like it's a it's a thing that is so deceptive where you can just kind of like pump in one direction and change directions. Um, in a way that doesn't make sense and like you have to be so coordinated to pull it off and it's it's changed a lot of games for a lot of people like James Harden has made a career off of that euro step and has taken it to like the next level Dwayne Wade was another big euro step guys like all these guys who kind of figured out the euro step in a way to just like get to the basket and like deceive defenders you know and it's, very it's good incredible at now, to watch. and it's like very unfair Giannis Giannis is also he can he can euro step from the three point line and then dunk it right it's fucking yeah it's it's absurd it's it's crazy and like that and like you know the the blocks on the blocks on Harden in in the playoffs on in in two consecutive seasons and just like just clutch play after clutch play the the question is and I've been hearing this on a lot of different podcasts and, and him being discussed so basketball sucks because it's the basketball hall of fame it's not the nba hall of fame but like if if we were to strip that away and just say okay nba hall of fame like strictly nba hall of fame is Manu Ginobili a hall of famer yes yeah in my, so. in my in my opinion unquestionably even, yes. yeah even with just his nba career i think he's a hall of famer i mean well, so his, look, his, his international career is phenomenal too though oh, incredible you take that into account yeah. so yeah. if but I, mean, I agree definitely just even off his nba career if it's just NBA, I think he makes it. If it's, you know, everything, he's first ballot. I think he's first ballot. If I mean, so he's, everything. he's a guy He's a guy who never Remember averaged 20 points in a season. he won for Argentina? Oh, they were great. And they upset the, the, the U.S. team. But, like, he, he was never a guy who averaged more than 20 points a game in a season. I don't even think he ever averaged 20 points a game in a season. Um, um, maybe one. Made, maybe his all-star. Made year. a couple all-star teams, but, like, made all-star teams as a six-man. And, yeah. like, People always wondered, could this guy lead his own team a la James Harden or a la, you know, some of these other folks that have done it in the past, but he never, he never wanted to do that. He was, he was satisfied to simply support his team in whatever they required of him in order to win. Like that guy sacrificed everything to win. Like when Danny Green came in, he knew that having him in the starting five as a starting two who could play defense and stretch the floor was mm-hmm. good and that he could be the floor general when he came in. Um, you know, as a six man and he just really he he was he's just the epitome of a winner. And he's I mean like Shea Serrano's always talking about him in um in San Antonio and kind of how revered he is in San Antonio. Because here's the thing, like people forget Argentinians speak Spanish, bro. Yeah. People fucking love Manu in San Antonio. It's a it's a heavily Mexican population and Spanish speaking population. Did you, yeah. read, did you read what he said about? Mm-hmm. So he wrote an article. Shea Serrano wrote an article about how he was at like this family barbecue right after they had lo- the year that they lost to the Heat. 
um, and like everyone's complaining because Manu had like a terrible finals or something like that. And his uncles and all that stuff are just like yelling, like that terrible, terrible. He's doing terrible and all that stuff. And then one of like the little cousins just goes, "Okay, well, what do you think we can get for him if you think he's on the trading block?" And like the uncle who started the fucking Manu lost us the finals, he just goes, "We can't trade Manu. He's Manu. <laughs> like it's Manu Ginobili. You, he's never leaving San can Antonio." I, can I just say that like I would love to get Bill Simmons on this podcast, but my number one ultimate get is Shea Serrano. Oh, for sure. I want Shea Serrano on this podcast so fucking also, bad. Manu Ginobili, 19.5 in 07, 08. That's the closest he ever got to 20 Never points. scored 20 points a game. He did. Yeah, I mean, but, like, the stupid, like, could he lead his own team thing, like, I mean, I, dude, I mean, like, he was so good. Like, so good. I'm like, not arguing. I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is, no, like, I know, just, I know. I, one of those things was, like, if you take him off – of a team where the focal point is Tim Duncan and to some extent like yeah I mean he was James Harden before James Harden like you like that guy could have if he wanted to he could have scored 20 25 a night I guarantee it easily Easily. oh yeah easily he's the king the king of the nutmeg (laughs) that's true true. the king of the like yeah there's there's something about lefties that just like it's just they're just their jump shots are just so much cooler like a lefty, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She's, Jay's only saying that because our dad's left-handed yeah. and his jump shot's fucking. Trash, oh, it's disgusting. So My jump shot is pure, <laughs> pure, pure trash. Uh, Some, people used to say when I when I would shoot the ball, people would say, "Ain't no parquet, that's butter right there." Nobody's ever said that. I can yeah. see that. The first time Tad came to play basketball with me, he missed six shots in a row, and by miss, I don't mean like clank clank. I mean straight air ball i had to apologize to all the guys that i play with i haven't been back since um <laughs> to be to be fair to be fair to be fair i hadn't played basketball for about eight months up to that point and all the instincts were still there and it was like <laughs> oh man i still totally got this i remember catching a pass on the wing the guy gave me like a foot of room i'm like bro like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna bang this right in your face like you're gonna learn today and i left that thing probably a foot short so I remember, I remember. I, remember uh, I will not he, deny just, it. He kept looking at his hands, like what? I don't, what, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, man. I was a good. I used to be a good shooter, and apparently not anymore. He looked nope. down at his hands, like what do so you what happens, do about this? <laughs> what happens when you rip too many heaters and don't work out, or you know, ever <laughs> play the game? So yeah. that's who, problematic. Who, who that's eating nine hot dogs every time you go to a White Sox game. We'll do that to you. Uh, <laughs> um, in any case, last question I have on Manu. Um, he's one of the only players left who played not only a decade with his the team that drafted him, but like multiple decades. Mm-hmm. The only active player right now who has played well, there's a there's a list of active players who have played with their the team that drafted them for over ten years. That includes people like Marcus Ol, Mike Conley, Steph Curry. Um, I think Russell Westbrook's on that list. Yeah. Um, Technically, Dwayne Wade, but he he left. No, that so. doesn't count because he left. And like closing in on that would be um, Dirk. Well, yeah, of course, Dirk. But Dwayne Dwayne Wade game. Dwayne Wade was there for over ten years originally. Yeah. His sure, first stand I mean, was like over. current current NBA players who are still with the same team that drafted them. Basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. have been there for more than like ten years or more. Like te- who haven't kind of, left. It's crazy to me that fucking Steph Curry has been in the league for 10 years. I know. Right? I know. When you said that, I was like, no, that can't be right. But then Dude, I remembered his little run at Davidson was in 2007. He's going to be 31 yeah. soon. Yeah, I know. Like people forget. You know. People also forget he came out as a junior. Like, right, yep. right. Like he was an upperclassman. But in any case, um, I guess the question I have for you guys is like, is the, the day and age of 
a guy getting drafted by one team and staying with them, a la Kobe, a la Reggie Miller. I'm going to stop saying a la because I realize I say that a lot today. Um, but similar to, to Dirk, who's you know mm-hmm. likely going to retire this year, um, is, is the age of a player staying with one team for the entirety of his career over? I think for the most part, you have to be at this point. You have to be a superstar, and and even then, there's a chance that they won't. Well, keep fuck you. the greatest player in the game doesn't stay with his team. Yeah, I think he that's just because he feels three times. Like it. You know, KD changed. Like Russ is sticking around now, but there's no guarantee that after this contract is up that he's not leaving. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's over. I I mean, I think there's probably going to be some exceptions. Like, I think Damian Lillard probably stays in Portland. Unless they trade him. I was going to say, so I, I think that if this us. season goes, I think if this season goes again where they're like first round exit or don't make the playoffs, I think he gets traded to LA. I really do. I just think, I think there's no, uh, I think there's no loyalty on, on either side. And I think, honestly, I think player loyalty oh. is the stupidest thing in the entire world. Like people are like, oh, this player wasn't loyal. It's like every time a player leaves or something, they're like, whoa, like, uh, they're not loyal. It's just a game. And then, like, if they get traded, people are like, well, it's a business. So what the fuck is it? Is it a right. game or is it a business? Like, yeah, right. you know, and I think, like, players get unfairly shit on for not being loyal. And teams are never fucking loyal to them. Look at DeMar DeRozan. It's yeah. a prime fucking example. We're yeah, never going to trade you. That's, fucking Isaiah Thomas. that's a year after Isaiah Thomas. Also, Blake Griffin. Yeah, that was another one. They signed him to a big-ass contract. They, they retired his jersey. December. They put that shit in the rafters, and then they traded him, like, five weeks later. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, it's unfortunate because, like, there is this, as a fan of basketball and as a fan of an NBA team, like, you get a warmth when you see a guy play his entire career with the same team. And, like, I agree. gut it out. Like, yeah. and just, like, through thick and thin, through good and bad, just, like, stick it out. Now, there are some cases like that that look really bad. Like, Kobe sticking it out with the Lakers, but still just like shooting fucking 30 yeah. jumpers a game and like trying to get his 40 points. And he, like, people, he wanted to leave once people forget. Who ca- I don't care if it was once. I don't care if it was 10 times. He wanted to leave. He yeah. did it he wrong. He tried though. to force his way to Chicago once. And then when he went back, he was like, I don't give a fuck how much cap room you guys need. Y'all are going to max me out. Give me my fucking money. Hmm. Now, Dirk on the other hand is like, look, Sign your free agents. Let's yeah. talk at the end of free agency. We'll figure out how much you guys have left over. You can pay me that. Yeah. Let's do what we have to do. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe also, like... I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's the right move. Dirk's from, Dirk, like... Dirk's uh, paid before. It's like he's, Dirk, from like, he's from, like, East Germany or whatever. The communism <laughs> thing. So. <laughs> not communism. Anywho. Um, no, I mean, like, but Dirk's, got, Dirk's also gotten paid. The other thing that was interesting for Kobe is his last contract that he ever got, he got it all up front. Like, right. he was like, you're giving it to me all day one like all the, for the entire year or whatever so like 20 30 million for the no, year or that whatever can't be true yeah that's how i read about it he he required he in his last contract the last year or whatever or something like that it was all paid right at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. instead of like in increments because he took all of it and then he just invested it all because he's I mean, he's hyper Shit, that fucking whatever, he's whatever sports drink he just invested in. He fucking invested six body million. armor, dude. That shit's tight, man. Mil now. Beats mm-hmm. the hell out of Gatorade. Damn. Yeah. But how much of that though is because like they can tie it to Kobe, yeah. you know? So, it, but like, if you're, if you're, Kobe, yeah, you I'm not, well, hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not hating on this yeah. by any means. I'm just saying, like, it's not like Kobe was like a silent partner in some, no, some, no, no, no. some yeah, company, no, you know, they, they, they marketed the shit out of him, which is, is of course you, you should have like, yeah, uh, for sure. I totally get that. Um, 
thousand X return on investment. <laughs> I do also this this like is totally off topic, but sort of on uh, the whole thing with like contracts, like thirty million dollar contracts, like. Are dudes getting paid bi-weekly? <laughs> like, what is what does that bi-weekly paycheck look like? You know what I mean? If I'm not mistaken, it's monthly, I believe. I, I think it might be just game checks. Like, literally, just like game over. Oh, that makes boom, sense. In your in your account, game boop. That is for account. sure. Like, how it oh, is. Okay, so they don't they don't get paid like every well, 15 days JJ, like I do. JJ, no, no, uh, yeah, no, don't ever compare your salary to an NBA player's salary. It's just no, 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 not no. Salary comparison was not. I was saying like they don't get paid in the increments. Uh, no, no. J, uh, JJ Redick had, I, I think it was a Donald Foy was on his podcast, like when he used to have the podcast with uh, Woj and, and Yahoo, and they about talked. A dude, they got paid for nothing. A Donald Foyle. <laughs> <laughs> he was a nice guy and very good with his finances. Uh, he actually. So they talked about like NBA salaries, player salaries, like how payouts work, how rookie payments work and like rookie contracts and like how game checks work. And like, ta- they talked about the entirety of it. It was kind of fascinating. Cause he's like, like we don't get paid during the off season. We only get paid during the season. Yeah. Now granted we get paid well. Yeah. I wondered about that. I didn't know. I didn't. I actually legitimately wondered that. See, I, I listen to his podcast. I'm like several episodes behind right now, so like I should probably get caught up on that. So but. that that episode specifically that I'm talking about is from like fucking years ago. But I, nonetheless, like he talked about it. And he was just like, people think that we get paid all year long. We don't. And like yeah. these journeyman NBA players, like they might get like like that guy who got like a forty thousand dollar ten day contract from the Lakers, Andre Ingram. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's forty thousand dollars for ten days, and he's done now. For ten days of work, getting forty grand, nice. fucking pretty solid. I just did the math. If you don't have a job for the rest of the year, though, now you got trouble. Yeah, if you make thirty million dollars a year in an NBA contract, and we were just saying after every game you're given a check, right. those checks for eighty-two games would be three hundred sixty-five thousand eight hundred fifty-three dollars and sixty-six cents. Not bad. That's wild. Not bad. I, I, like okay, I. <laughs> If I was a professional athlete, I'd go broke so fast. Oh, like people, people criticize these guys and they're like, how, how do you burn through all that money? Like, dude, are you kidding me? Like I fucking wake up one morning, pull up my chase app. Oh, the $365,000 deposit (laughs) went through. Yeah, I know. Right. If someone said to me, like how, if they were like, oh my God, how could you go through all that money so quickly? I'd be like, bitch, watch me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you heard of Ramit Sethi. I'm going to buy you guys a book, NBA players, called I Will Teach You to Be Rich, and it'll give you an investment strategy on how to automate your money. Okay, guys? Dude, I got, a four, I got a 401k, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I've, got that, I've got that app that takes all of my purchases and then takes all the change and then puts them into investments. Oh, yeah. It what takes like Acorn? I think so, yeah. Like if, yeah. I don't actually know. I don't have it, but I just saw a commercial for Arthur. it. It was like, if you pay four fifty seven for coffee, that's $43 that we'll put into an investment for a hedge fund or some yeah, shit. Yeah, I saw that. I'm just like, oh, okay. I used to use that for a while, and then it was just like, oh, cool. After using it for a year, I have $200. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> uh, but in any case, um, so next up I wanted to talk about, so like, like I said, most of the free agent signings are basically done. Um there's a couple like fringe players oh, that are still out there. What? Wait, uh, something that happened today that I just kind of goes hand in hand with uh, Monte Ginobili. David West retired today. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, one. he retired today. That's oh man. I mean, fuck it, dude. He's got his two rings. He got. He's yeah, good. he's got rings. He's Paul George dope. was happy with him. He said something nice about him. It's just, you know, what do you say? 
Uh, I don't know verbatim, but he's, okay. He said David West set the hardest screens in the league and is the baddest motherfucker I've ever played with. Boom. Bam. I assume um, something along those lines. Uh, David West, uh, I think one of the most incredible things is David West wanted to win a championship so bad that he rejected a $12 million player option from the uh, Pacers to accept the veteran minimum to play in San, uh, San Antonio. And then obviously went to the Warriors and won a couple titles, but yeah. I think that's a, he, I, a big David West guy have always really liked him, liked his game. Uh, unfortunately he's like a hall of very good player. Definitely not a hall of famer. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, he had a couple of all-star seasons. He was really good in New Orleans, really, really good in New Orleans, you know, kind of just mastered that mid range game. That elbow jumper was like him and, and CP three, like, on the pick and roll, he would just pop out the elbow and just like money just yeah. every single time. Just yeah. Cash. Um, and then even when he went to Indiana, it was the same shit. Just like ran it from the elbow, like set hard screens, was a good defender and like kind of an undersized power forward, but just so fucking tough. But he played like bully ball. Oh, he, he, he was just so fucking around. strong, man. Um, people say too, like he might be one of the only players, like he might be one of the players on that team that could potentially be a head coach in this league or not even a head coach, like uh, a front office guy. Like they were saying yeah. like any, anytime I forget who it was. I think it was Katie who was saying like David West is so fucking smart. Could be like a politician, could be like a, a, a front office guy. Like he said, like every time that we would do stuff, he would pretty much like he would hang out with the team, but he would almost exclusively spend his time with the front office guy. Cause he just want to absorb as much as possible. Cause he wants to be in that role sooner. I him. saw a thing uh, like he made like 85 or 90 million or something in his NBA career. And like him and his wife were like so savvy with their money. He like tripled it. Oh, I'm sure. Nice. So well, it's like, uh, I've been watching hard knocks and there's a, the guy who plays for the Browns. He's a uh, defensive end, uh, Carl Nassib. And he's like, he went to school for finance. So he's like their fourth string left dn slash financial advisor so he's like running through finances with all the rookies and all the players on the team he's like look guys invest your money the shit will grow my shit grew like 60 percent last year and everybody's just like wait 60 percent carried a three none of them yeah. can do the math they're like damn man you made six hundred dollars <laughs> yeah because they're football <laughs> players they're stupid their brains that's are mush. A, that's the joke um <laughs> thank you for explaining it to our listeners at home you're welcome everybody um, loves a good explained joke so <laughs> I uh, I wanted to talk about some free agents that uh, so Bleacher Report put out an article of like the five most underrated free agent signings of the off season. Yeah, uh, number two is a, is laughable, but I'll I'll wait till we get into that. So okay, so <laughs> let's let's talk about a couple of these. So uh, number five is Ed Davis to the Brooklyn Nets. He signed a four point four million dollar contract for one year basically. Um, all I know is that CJ and Dame were very mad that the Blazers yeah. let him go. Like, he was their best off-the-bench big man and arguably their best big man this season because Nurkic was kind of shit this season. Um, Ed Davis, who had a lot of promise coming out of North Carolina, didn't really do much with the Raptors, but has really been really good in, 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 in Portland. He's had a good career. Yeah, as, like, as like he's, a he's off-the-bench off big man. Yeah, like, he's not – I'm a big Ed Davis fan. Ed Davis is – the garbage he's the garbage collector he oh, fucking yeah. puts on his puts on his hard hat grabs his lunch pail and he, he goes to work like uh he plays tough defense he rebounds well i mean you know he'll give you like six eight points like if you need him um oh yeah I, he's a good he's a good player and he's a he's a guy who who's done a real good job of like carving out a like a nice little spot for himself in the league um yeah i think that's a great signing i think guys like that are always like super important like um 
this is like, um, you know, Reggie Evans, uh, he played at Iowa. I've always been a big Reggie Evans fan, but having said that, uh, Reggie Evans was like the, the prime example of that guy. Like the enforcer rebounded well, played tough defense, like just did all those little gritty grimy things that like a lot of guys don't want to do. And Ed Davis does a lot of those things. So I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, and especially on the offensive end, like guys, guys who lead the league in offensive rebounds, like those are the fucking hustlers. Like Steven Adams, like getting a lot of rebounds is one thing. Like you can just be in good position yeah. on every free throw and get like five rebounds a game. But like to to consistently get a high percentage of offensive rebounds. I mean, last year he averaged fourteen percent, fourteen percent on offensive rebounds, which was fifth in the league. Like that's a dude that goes to work. Yeah. Like, that's a guy who works for his. That's rebounds. why I love Steven Adams so much. Right, he could have like he could have averaged. I think I think he just missed a double double or something like that, uh, average. But he was averaging like eight rebounds, five of which were offensive, or something like that. Like yeah. it was ridiculous. That's um, just what he does. Player number four. I'm gonna go ahead and plead ignorance. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Trevion Graham signed with the Brooklyn Nets as well. Um, Isn't it Trayvon? I think it's Trevion. Trevion. I thought it was pronounced Trayvon. Fuck if I know, dude. I have no I, idea. Who he is. Do I look like a medical doctor to you? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, looks like he's a three-point shooter. He shot 44% from three last year. Pretty solid for the uh, Charlotte Hornets, who sucked. Um, Brooklyn, once again, just – I just like what they do just in general. Like, they know they They're don't have doing anything. a good job. They just, like, they sign guys on team-friendly contracts who are contributors. Oh, that is and- Trevion. 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 And then they can basically just, like, flip those guys at the trade deadline. Like, Ed Davis yeah. – there's going to be a playoff team that wants Ed Davis. Like, mm-hmm. that's just real. You know what I mean? Like, they've, they've loaded up on a lot of guys. Like, they could – Mm, Jamar Carroll's contract is fucking almost untradeable now, but you know, it's what he got like four years, sixty-five million when the cap yeah, exploded. Which I, or something. Yeah, think, I mean, like I think this might be the last year of his contract, so somebody might be able to trade for him and just get them off, get him off the books, yeah, like right away. Um, but nonetheless, like um, you know, they just continue to make moves like that. Um, number three on the list is, and this is one of my favorites, like most underrated signings for the offseason, uh, Julius Randle to the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, adding him as kind of a four off the bench, somebody who can score, get to the basket at will, who's another guy who's like just a tough, tough rebounder um, and can shoot the shoot from the elbow fairly well. Yeah. Um, kind of predictable. He seems to like most of his post moves go in the same direction every single time, but he's so fucking strong that nobody can stop the guy. And to have a guy like that to come off the bench for a New Orleans Pelicans team whose last year was known for having little to no depth, yeah. um, I love the signing. I think it's good. Uh, they could probably they'll probably put him maybe at the five sometimes. I'm sure they'll play him at the five from time to time. Like probably him and Nico. Yeah. Nico's at the four. He's at the five. You could put him at the four while uh, Anthony Davis is at the five. Because I think like, what they'll do is, especially during the season, keep Anthony Davis more at the four so he's not getting banged around as no much. No fucking chance, dude. The way he played last year at the five, he's playing the five all fucking. You think they're gonna keep him all Hell season yeah, there? dude. Yeah, I they have. They last, have to. Last year, last like he was so he was so hell bent on playing the four. And they just kind of had to appease him. And then when Boogie got hurt, they're like, we don't really have any other choices unless you want fucking Alex Ajinsa to fucking play, <laughs> which nobody wants that. So yeah. he played the five based on a necessity, and he took his game to a whole nother level yeah. because this is where the NBA is going now. You need an, an athletics rim-running center who can play defense and shoot three-pointers and handle the ball. Oh, wait, there's only one guy in the NBA that can do that, him. and his name is Anthony Davis. And he's fucking I think- I think too, like I think it's a good. I, okay, number one, I want to address the post move thing. Uh, he cannot fucking go right. He absolutely can't. Julius Randle is the Derek Zoolander of the NBA. Yeah, he can't. He can't go right, dude. Like he it's can. He, he he his left 
is all he has. And I love, like, I always see these like interviews and stuff with him where they're like, yo, he's confident in his right hand. Like I, I, he, he's, he's willing to go to his right. And he never fucking does. You watch yeah. any game, like you're relegated. Yeah, to, well, like we, we were, we were forced to watch the Lakers last season because they're in a big market. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, those games are on all the fucking time. And like, yeah. I'm watching and I'm like, you can't go left or you can't go right. Can't go right. Can't go right. Never does. Uh, that said, uh, he plays hard nose defense. Um, he is willing to bang in the low post. And I think it's really like important to have a guy like him playing with Anthony Davis, because yeah, you're right. Anthony Davis is a finesse player. He might play the five, but he runs the rim. Definitely a finesse player. Like he's more of a face up, you know, not back to the basket guy, which is, you know, obviously kind of a dying art in the current NBA anyway. Um, But I think you need a guy like a hard nosed guy like that next to him. And I think it'll actually be a pretty good pickup i'm not a huge julius randall guy uh but i think it's i, I think julius he's randall. i think he's in the right situation i've, I've loved i hate kentucky college. players i, I hate Ken, i hate kentucky tra- players traditionally speaking not is, a big kentucky t- is, player uh, except for anthony davis but is, like i always like julius randall is julius gonna start or is nico gonna start at the four nico's gonna start yes, the, the way that those two played together last year they can't have they were so start. good together they have, they have to have nico start because one it's the last year of his contract and and two, they just I mean, he stretches the floor much better than Julius Randle can because mm. he can't. Uh, but also just like the way that they played together last year was <coughs> it, it's just leaps and bounds ahead of, of what even he was able to do with Boogie. Yeah. Um the next one on this list, and I know Tad said he had some some strong opinions on this. Which I don't uh, know why. Well, I know you have some opinions on the on the other side of that, so interested to see how this goes. Brooke Lopez to the Milwaukee Bucks for three point four million dollars, one year contract. Nikki, Nikki, please. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts. Cause I, I well, actually, you know what, if you want me to go first, um, I just want to pull up a, this, this is going to give me some, give me a little, some numbers here. Um, uh, just let me, just a little basketball reference action here. I was actually looking at this earlier, but I closed out of it, uh, because I was watching Manu Ginobili, uh, nutmeg compilation while we were talking about him <laughs> earlier for his career. Seven foot tall Brooke Lopez has averaged six point eight rebounds a game. <laughs> That's trash. Trash. That's atrocious. That's what is it, Jay? It's to 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 trash. It's so bad. And he is like not a particularly efficient shooter. Um he he's soft. He doesn't play good defense. What does Brooke Lopez give you that you can't get from somebody else? Like what is he? He's a tall shooting big man. Cool. Y'all, y'all ever heard of Andrea Bargnani? Yeah. 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 Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez is better than Bargnani, oh, but like, like yeah. substantially. Better. Yeah, I understand. I'm just, I'm just saying like, I don't know what he does really all that well, other than score. Um, Nikki? that's it. Like he doesn't rebound. He doesn't play good defense. Um, I, he's not a particularly great passer. Um, which like sometimes like you can have like I'll excuse like lapses in a big man's game if he's like a good passing big man if he sets good screens that kind of thing but like what does Brooke Lopez give you in all honesty like I just am not not a big fan uh, I don't like him I don't understand how that's an underrated signing um, yeah I mean that's just you know that's my two cents and so Nikki you may have your opinion now please just know that it's it's wrong but you can share your opinion. 
Brooke Lopez is a team player. He would go <laughs> to go oh, at no, all points like in time. Segment. He's going to be able to spread the floor like no other person that's ever played with freaking Giannis has. You're going to have Eric Bledsoe, Chris Littleton, Giannis. I don't even give a fuck about who's at the four. I guess technically they might put like Tony Snow at the three, Giannis at the four, and then Brooke Lopez at the five. Like that's going to be nothing so, but space for Giannis to run around. It in. helps. They'll be able to just pass the ball like a good team. Budenholzer is going to make sure he's he shot last year. What was his three point percentage last year? Dude, he shot like thirty nine percent. He three shot year, from which three for a guy who really only started shooting threes last year he is really fucking good. He shot thirty five percent last year from three. So he shot thirty thirty five percent from three um, on four attempts per game. That's Mike Budenholzer is going to be like you're going to do two more attempts per game and you're going to go up four more percentage points yeah and the thing is like i don't know they don't need him to play defense like that that team and he also averaged last season he averaged 1.7 blocks per game yeah which i mean like he falls into that because he's fucking seven foot exactly he could get the blocks it's not like and they don't they don't need him for that so what the the reason that they signed him on is he's incredibly affordable yeah incredibly weak at the center position john henson is not the answer no greg monroe is neither is don maker like all the greg monroe is gone good fucking riddance that guy is also trash and don maker is only good during the playoffs for whatever reason i can't figure it out don maker disappears during the regular season and then in the playoffs he's amazing yeah um but in any case like brooke lopez to nikki's point stretches the floor which they desperately need last year they only took 29.5 percent of their shots from three-point range which ranked 25th in the league which is bad in a league that is trending upward in shooting three-pointers they also had the lowest percentage of three-pointers last season from the corners which is obviously the easiest three-pointers to make and that's they also very poorly gave up the most uh, corner threes in which the league. again speaks to their defense that's He's not the, gonna be that was the, the jason kidd style defense yeah jason kidd's defense which this was, was, fucking was really fucking bad and he never gave up on it i think now with budenholzer to nikki's point like their defense the defensive scheme the scheme or is going to be much better, better than it was with jason kidd you have some much better defenders on the perimeter already with Giannis, with chris middleton I guess with Eric Bledsoe, depending on how he feels that day. Um, like, you have yeah. guys on that roster. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Oh, man. His playoff his playoff series was so bad. They were so much better when he wasn't playing. Yeah. No. Um, but in oh. any case, like, for $3.4 million, Brooke Lopez has been a very good player in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. Um, I also want to say this. Um, through most of that, I just muted you guys, so I assumed you just mostly <laughs> – I, I assume you mostly just agreed with me. Yeah. I'm going to assume that you didn't make any good points that I, I'll be honest with you, made me kind of come around a little bit on. Like, <laughs> I'm going to assume that didn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, you, I mean, I'll, I'll give you, actually, it's a compelling argument. I'm going to be honest with you, Nikki, you didn't start off strong there when you were like, he's a high character guy. I'm like, all right, man, like, this is your fucking, this is your, like, as soon as you start grasping at, like, character and locker room guy and those kinds of things, it's like, ah, man. But, I'll give you that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm not convinced, but it's a good argument. I, I see your point, uh, which is hard. It's hard for me to concede things at times. <laughs> the thing is, both of the Lopez brothers are just good, serviceable centers. I'm not, I, I'm not at all trying to make it seem like Brooke is going to have an all-star fucking season. He's only had one, which I thought he had more than that. I, I don't know why I thought he had like Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Really? I thought he had like two or three, but Brooks only had one. The two well, the NBA does this thing now where they're like, well, this guy's like kind of like a power forward, but close enough to center so you can make the all-star game as a center. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know if it's necessarily fair, but um, I mean, he's I, he's had a decent career. Like I can give you that, but if he plays of all time, if he plays, mm. no, he's not the best. <laughs> yeah. but then the best. The what do you say? The best what? I, I, he might be the best Brooklyn Nets player of all time. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn Nets, yeah. Nets in general, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, like yeah, Jason Kidd and yeah. like, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm saying though, like when you originally said Nets player, like um, that was a bad, but, was a poor statement on my part. It's all right. Uh, we'll forgive you. It's a lapse in judgment. It happens to the best of us. Um, so uh, yeah. It just so just know though that if he plays poorly this season, I'm gonna tweet at you. I'm, just, I'm gonna, I'm Nikki. I'll tweet his stat line at you every night. Okay. I'll give him. I'm gonna give him like 20 games, and if he's playing poorly after like 20 games. Just gonna tweet it to you every night, unless he plays well. That's fine. I'll, um, I'll, even, I'll probably tweet you. I'll be like, "Oh, Brooke Lopez shot two of thirteen for four points tonight, <laughs> despite the fact that he went off for like twenty and fifteen. And you'll, and you'll you'll believe me because you'll just be like, "Oh shit! Well, there's the stat line. He's been tweeting at me every night. Why would he lie now? Shot twenty five percent from the field, but at least he's a good character guy." Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, last guy on the list, um, and this is an interesting one because. This guy has had a very, very interesting career going from like scoring 20 points a game as a rookie, being like one of the rare cases of like a 20.8 assists per game guy to being passed around the league. Nobody knows what's happening to last year, almost winning six man of the year and yeah. almost making an all-star team, frankly. Uh, Tyreek Evans to the Indiana Pacers um, signs with them on a one-year deal for $12.4 million. Um, again, was kind of a journeyman, like after he left, like he got traded to New Orleans and everybody's like, oh my God, Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and Tyreek Evans. What a team. This yeah. is the new big three tandem. And it just didn't work out because he's not a fucking small forward. Um, he then gets traded back to Sacramento. Oh, I'm sorry. He gets released, then gets picked up by Sacramento, does shit there, signs with Memphis, who is one of the worst teams in the NBA last year, but led the team in scoring, scored 20 points. 20.1 points per game last year. Yeah. Most people thought he was going to get traded at the deadline to Boston. They decided to keep him, and he just, like, didn't play the rest of the season. Yeah, they just they kept just, him and didn't let him just, play. He like, just stopped coming to the games. I – oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and now he signs with Indiana, a team that made the playoffs last year that took Cleveland to seven games, um, that has some really promising young players on their team, but definitely lacked a scoring punch when Victor Oladipo was not in the game. You now bring in a guy like Tyreek Evans, who is a high-volume scorer off the bench as a six-man who has shown the ability to do so. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really good signing for a very reasonable rate, frankly. Yeah, him and, him and Dougie McBuckets lighting up the second oh, unit. Oh, God. They, I don't know why they were so fast to sign Doug McDermott. Nobody else wanted him. Literally <laughs> nobody. I think, the, the I think they were – man. Doug, go, go Doug, get McDermott, Doug McDermott was the first signing – of the free agency period. Yeah. The yeah, that is a factual training. statement. That is insane to me. It's a factual <laughs> who, statement. Who wanted him? The Indiana Pacers, bro. Bam. I mean, uh, fucking Greg McDermott's like, ah, you can keep him. I'm good. <laughs> Crane doesn't need him. We're good. <laughs> uh, man, Tyreek Evans. He's had a uh, Maybe one of my – maybe like I can't decide if this is the guy that I like missed on. Or if like I'm still like if I'm still justified because like I remember his rookie season like I remember when he got drafted I was like dude this is the best player this is the best player in this draft class he like looked real good and he was and, yeah. he, and he was and I thought he was going to be an 
like a stud and like the, the the flashes are there like there's times where i'm like yes dude yes you're so good but there's also times where i'm like no dude no you no just stop um i think um it's interesting. It's an interesting signing, and it's going to go one of two ways. If Tyreek Evans can be a good player off the bench and can be a solid second unit guy, like a strong six man, like a Jamal Crawford, a Lou Williams, uh, that kind of player, then yeah, that's awesome. It's fucking great. The problem with Tyreek Evans is, and it's been his problem his entire career since he started in Sacramento, is that he is a ball dominant guard and he has to have the ball. He has to have it at all times. Uh, he dribbles the air out of the ball at times. Um, and the thing is, is like, okay, it's crunch time. There's, you know, there's four minutes left in the game. You can't put him on the court with Victor because they both need the ball. And Victor is not like Oladipo is, is not like as like ball dominant as, as, as ball needy right. as, as he is. But like they, they both are. And yeah, like I, the big thing, like with Tyree Evans is like, he can for sure fucking create his own shot. He's not right. a great shooter. Um, but he can get to the rim, you know, he can, like, he can, he can put guys on skates. He did he, shoot 40% from three last year, which was a, 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 an outlier career high. Yeah. Right. And if he continues that, great. If he shoots somewhere, but if he shoots 37% or more, great. What do you say? What do you shoot the season before? I don't know. I just have the numbers from last year. But uh, like, I mean, his, his season in Sacramento was really bad, but to, to Tad's point, like not only did he lead Memphis in points last year, he also led them in assists. Now this was a very unique situation where all the best players on the Memphis Grizzlies got hurt. hurt. And he was the only saving grace that they had. Yeah. So yeah. everything, like in Sacramento, everything went through Tyreek. And it's a, it's it's going to be interesting to see if he can play second fiddle and still be as effective. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the big question. Yeah, Is, I mean, if he can he still do it, if he accepts a, a you know twenty eight minute off the bench kind of thing where like he gets like a decent amount of minutes and they say, Hey, like second unit's yours, like go out there and run it and, and score right. points. That's great. I'm just concerned. Not, like I said about crunch time. Um, but I you do, know, that- I, I do love him in that like, OKC James Harden type of role. Yeah. Where it's like you lead the second unit or, or like we the talked Manu. about earlier, like the Manu role, yeah. right? Like it's like, you just go out there, you lead the second unit, you lead them in scoring, you get them, get them their looks like, and, and because he is, he is a point guard. Like he came into the league and everybody knew he's like, this is a six, six point guard. He's a good ball handler. He's not a great shooter, but he, he can get to the basket and score quite well. Um, and he's a very good passer. He's a, he's a, he's a good advanced level passer. I've noticed like, especially like as of like a little bit last season, I think especially this season is going to happen teams having like obviously that's what a six man is but like the second unit runner there's so many teams where like the the timberwolves will have derrick rose the um i totally forgot they signed him. yeah i know obviously tyreek evans now here um there's gonna be uh schroeder and okc um fucking pro- most likely rondo in la uh debatable because it, it's either him or then zo yeah um but, like, there's so many teams that they're just, like, they have Terry Rozier for the Celtics. Like, it, that's ridiculous no, that that's it, the guy that's going to be – It's the NBA. It's the NBA. Like, you need, you need a guy who can get your points off the, off the, off the bench. Yeah. Um, last topic for today before we wrap up. Um, I have NBA, a bonus. I have a bonus topic, but um, we'll get into that. We'll see. I've got 12% battery left on my computer, so. <laughs> well, I, it's a quick one. So, um, so the NBA has now – um, lifted the ban slash restriction on 
shoe color schemes. Uh, NBA players can now wear whatever color, whatever types of shoes that they want every game of the year. Doesn't matter. How do we feel? Love it. Uh, love it. The colorway ban, like the, the that's, that's so dumb. But I will say this: as as dumb as that is, and it is, it's stupid. Uh, the NBA has always been, uh, in the last like probably twenty years or so, really great about player creativity and right. encouraging their players to be themselves. And so, yes, it is a stupid rule and i'm glad they're finally lifting it but you can't really get too hung up on like how dumb of a rule it was at the time because like they have the nba has let their players have a lot of freedom and then yeah. like let them be themselves um they know they're a star driven league they're a player driven oh, yeah. league and i think um, it just it just lends more to that like major league baseball got mad at ben zobras this year because he wore black cleats yeah black black, black baseball it's stupid they weren't pink they weren't neon green they were black he got in trouble he got fined I, I'm looking forward – well, maybe not because Nick Young's going to – I was going to say, who's going to ruin it for everybody? But I'm, like, I was Somebody's going to wear those Metal World Peace Panda shoes, and it's going to be like, no, 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 we can't do that shit. <laughs> I was saying I'm looking forward to the high-top, like, Yeezy Wave Runners. Like, just randomly showing some up. shit. Like, the thing the, 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 to, to Tad's point, like, the NBA has really allowed their players – to be at the forefront mm-hmm. of the league and be the league, like be the thing that drives people's attention to the league. And like now this is going to drive attention from youth culture, which is also a very sneaker heavy culture. And like guys like PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker has now like provided himself with a monetization lane because of his shoe game. Yep. Like last year that man wore off whites and Yeezys and like all these different types of shoes that were like, I think he, I was listening to him on the getup. That man spent over $300,000 on shoes that he wore in game this year. See, people ask where that $356,000 check goes it's right crazy. there. Yeah. His, his whole thing was, I, I did it Bam. so that I could, uh, I could um, basically snuff the idea that these shoes are like so, so valuable. He's like, they're just sneakers. I'm just playing basketball on them. That's all they are. Are they pretty? Sure. Should they be, $2,200? No, they're no. fucking basketball shoes, which I respect that. I don't know how much he really believes in that, but hey, it is what it is. Um, no, I'm, I'm super excited about it because, like, to, to Tad's point, like, it just allows these guys to just express themselves. Yeah. And, like, now guys like Kyrie can wear his fucking Lucky Charms Kyrie 4s mm-hmm. whenever he wants. And, like, I like will say the only downside was. to this is, like, a pink pair of shoes with a green jersey is not aesthetically pleasing, but I'll get over it. I, but in all, all honesty, NBA players, they do actually care about shit like that. They'll make sure that it, it There's works. There's going to be some of that. They're not going to be having some wild sh- – some of them some might. But for the most part, everyone's going to have – like they're going to be looking good. No, I love the rule. I love the rule. I think it's awesome by Adam Silver, who's – and I think we said on this podcast before, he's the best commissioner in all sports. Yeah. He's crushing. Easily, it it's not even close. It's, it's honestly not even close. The, the the NBA knows like they know how to reach their fans. Yeah. They know how to engage on social media. Yeah. Every team's social media account is great. The NBA official account is great. Yeah. Um, they give a lot of creativity to their players and they they market their players well. It's I mean yeah the NBA. Look at how much the NBA has exploded. Look at how much like the popularity has risen like year over year over oh, year. Yeah. The it's, salary cap yeah. goes up. The TV deals get bigger. And it's it's honestly because like they let their players like be themselves and they know how to market their product. And I mean in all honesty, like it's great. And so like uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, yeah. I think this is just another one in a long line 
yeah, decisions I mean, by NBA PR. The, the, the marketing, the, the marketability of their players then directly results in the marketability of the league. And like, yo, in 20 years, like the, the NBA at this rate is not only going to, it's going to take over all of American sports. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but like internationally, basketball is nearing soccer in terms of like other countries, like yeah. other countries adapting to it, like other countries like playing in it. Like the NBA is basically the English Premier League. Um, where like we're now it's the the sport is spreading Mm -hmm. across the entirety of the globe and like motherfuckers like motherfuckers in like the the deepest deepest part of fucking singapore know who lebron james is yeah it's wild it's actually wild and i i like honestly uh have maintained that for a long time that that basketball will grow into a similar it will never be as popular as soccer no um, no. because there is a, still a higher barrier to entry for basketball than there is for soccer. Soccer, you need two things that you can put 10 feet apart and a ball right. that you can right. kick between it, you know, like, but I think it will be number two in the world for sure. I think if it, if it isn't already, um, maybe cricket, cricket might be, yeah, might be cricket, maybe Eh, not baseball because baseball is pretty much only in Latin countries. But yeah, uh, uh, that, that, it might be cricket. Southeast be cricket Southeast Asia like, is big on on baseball too. But yeah, yeah I mean yeah. your point stands. Um, so yeah, I mean I've always thought it was going to grow like that. I, I I I actually have always said too that like I think there will be similarly to what we have with like Champions League and La Liga and like yeah. you know all that shit. Like yeah. it it will. Like I really think it will. And like the NBA obviously will be like you know the premier league premier. <laughs> But but I, I didn't do that on purpose. I'll, I will say that. Uh, but I I really do. I think it's a global game, and and I, I couldn't be fucking happier. Like obviously, I, huge I do like fan. so. I do a fucking podcast about it. Yeah. You know? Well, like so, like to your point, like, and this is this will be the last thing I say on it is like, and not to keep harping on soccer, but I'm really into it right now. But like, you know, they have the Champions League, right? So you basically yeah. take all the greatest teams throughout Europe, not just in England, not not just in La Liga, but like you take the greatest teams throughout Europe and then they all compete against each other to be who is the greatest team in the world. Yeah. Now it's way, way, way too early for this, but like it would be kind of cool to say, okay, we are going to have an international tournament and you have to qualify to be in this international tournament. So you'll have like Real Madrid's basketball team and like the golden state warriors and yeah. the yes. Shanghai sharks versus each other. Yes. I talked about this with somebody like uh, two years ago. Yes. I'm all in on that. Not NBA players uh, representing America, but individual, like the teams competing against each other. Yes. I am way on board with that. And I hope that that's something that that can come to fruition. I really do. Um, Tad, you said you had one more thing you want to talk about today. Yeah, I can't find it um, on Twitter (laughs) and it, which, which clearly indicates that he deleted it. Um, but Dwayne Wade, uh, tweeted the other day, uh, like a highlights from like the 2006 finals when they beat, um, the Mavericks Mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, damn, sorry. Like I didn't pass enough or, or something like, I can't remember exactly what his tweet was. And Dirk Nowitzki quote tweeted him. And I should have taken a screenshot and I thought about it. I was like, he might delete this. But I was like, no, Dirk's too old. He doesn't care anymore. But he did. (laughs) He for sure deleted it. He tweeted something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically just like ripping on him for being like, yeah, you were gifted all those fucking free throws. (laughs) And like, I mean, he didn't, he was like, he was like, oh yeah, you had to like earn all those trips to the line or something stupid. I remember, Uh, I did see that. I remember that. and, And it's gone now. And I can't, I Googled it even and nobody, apparently nobody else saw this 
except for Nikki, I guess. So Nikki and I saw this. Um, Usually, but still I, on Jesus, Usually man, still on right? That's what I thought too. I was like, for sure, I'll find this. Right. Uh, dude, Dirk, man, still salty about that. <laughs> that. I, I get um, it too. If you've ever watched that, I, I rewatched that finals like not too long ago. But I, by that, I mean like five years ago. You should have hit his free throws, man. And like, dude, I mean, dude, Dwayne Wade, man, like they gave him call after call after call. It was, it was, it was real bad. Like if the, there was, I, if you ever want to point to the time where league had an agenda, you know, you could point to the, the Kings in 02 I was gonna say, and, you can, and you can point to uh, the heat in 06. So just something uh, I thought was, I thought was funny. The old man Dirk was just coming out of the woodwork at the Wayne Wade. I can't it. find it, but I did find, Oh, is it this one? No. Uh, but I did find this one. That was pretty great. Uh, this place, Jimmy's famous seafood said something oh, to Zach Levine. Uh, how about you give us the $78 million you wasted on Levine or to the Bulls and we can give you free crab cakes for life. And Zach Levine responded, I'm allergic to shellfish anyways. And then the seafood restaurant replied and defense. <laughs> <laughs> that I saw. Um, anything we want to plug before we wrap up today? Plug. College football's back. Nobody gives a fuck, man. I care, dude. It's like it's the it's it's been like baseball's fine. Like I don't mind baseball, yeah. but you get a I get a little fatigued on it. Love head injuries. Um, yeah, dude, head injuries are tight. I, I had a lot of them playing football, uh, but which is, is probably evident to most people listening to this podcast. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, but. That said, it's just exciting. It's it's great. Like, I, you know, basketball will be back soon is what that means. We've got just a couple months. Yep. and uh, It's it's literally, we got like two months from today, basically, until NBA tips off, which is great. Um, yeah. Very excited. Very excited. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's nice. It's nice to have others. It's nice to have alternative sports on the television other than just baseball or the Little League World Series, which ESPN literally only airs to kill time in the fucking lulling sports season. Genius. Uh, they got Big Al. He hits dingers. Yeah. Dude, Big Al hits dingers. <laughs> I love that kid. Love him. How could you not? <laughs> okay, awesome. he, I, saw, I watched him on Jimmy Kimmel the other night. Kid is charismatic as fuck. It was Got great. Kid's nice. I'll have to watch that clip. Um, make sure and follow NBA on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, make sure and give the podcast a five-star review and rating. If uh, if you have some time, you just pull out your phone and then you scroll down to the bottom and you click on stars, five stars, and then you click five on stars. review and then you just write something nice about the guys. Um, yeah, you can follow me at J underscore Keyless on Instagram and Twitter guys what you got uh you can follow me on instagram and twitter at nikki palooza if you're in the chicagoland area september 7th and the 14th 8 30 p.m second city uh i got a uh, improv shows there um and then if you're gonna be the 9th and the 23rd of september i'll be at comedy sports doing some improv and then starting october 16th i'll be doing improv at io every tuesday at eight so that should be fun you can follow me on twitter at tad hall underscore uh also i've never seen nikki's improv but i imagine it's pretty good i plan to go to a show actually one of those shows so if you'd like to meet two-thirds of the nba podcast uh all three I'll, yeah, well, I don't. I don't know if you support your brother. Maybe you just don't really like it. <laughs> just podcast together. <laughs> uh, yes, if you'd like to meet all three of us, uh, I will. Pro- I'm, I, I have every intention of going to at least one of those shows. So we'll all be there. And it'll be Sweet. nice. And every show's gonna be different. So got to gotta support. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say all the shows will be different. So if you go to one, you like it. 
then you can come to the next one because you know it's going to be good. And if you didn't like it, you can come to the next one because it won't be the exact same show. <laughs> People, that's literally the definition of improv. Bam. And with that, uh, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been MBA. We're out. Uh, bye.